A new trailer for one of my most anticipated horror movies of the year. The Nosferatu movie by Robert Eggers adds another cast member. We say goodbye and pay our respects to a great character actor of the 90s. And we have our full review, with spoilers no doubt, of Creed 3. Welcome to The Madness. Hello everyone, welcome back to Monday Madness with Morgan and the Machine. I have a new pair of glasses, not that people will be able to tell, because they look the exact same as my other ones. Yes, but you do look great in a pair of glasses, Morgan. <laughs> Yay, even though the horrible glare of all the lights and things just mess up. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> The ability to see my eyes when people are watching Monday Madness, um, which is a little bit unfortunate, I suppose, at the moment. Unless you don't want to see my eyes, in which case you're probably celebrating every time I do wear some glasses. Oh, goodness. On this show. But yes, hello. How are we? How are you? How am I? We're, we're, we're all good, I assume. Yes, I'm in a different locale, as you can tell. Um, at the time of recording this, I am in LA. I'm going to be going to the Scream Experience. So I'm sure I'll have a fun video about that up on the channel um, this week. So um, perhaps you can look out for that. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm currently in LA at the time of recording this Monday Madness. So um, different locale, but um, going to be... D different location, same <laughs> machine. Yay! Thumbs yes. up, end of advertisement. Yes. That's how those yes. sort of <laughs> things work. Um, I think, but yes, that's obviously very exciting. It is Scream Week, I suppose, isn't it? Yes, it's so out exciting. This week. Um, I, I, I assume the majority of next week's Monday Madness will be dedicated to Scream 6. I, I have to assume that really oh yes most definitely um yeah I've, I've kind of taken over the channel a little bit with scream content i've had a ton of scream videos reviews easter egg things coming out in the past few weeks all leading up to the release of scream 6 so super excited and uh, i guess we can just jump right in if you want to ask the question because of we do course. have some scream things to kind of talk about <laughs> of course, I will ask the question. Sop, Janine. Some screamy things are sop. Um, I, I know we've had conversations where I'm kind of just popping off and getting excited talking about or referencing the other films in the franchise. And kind of after the first one, your eyes just glaze over because you really have little to no recollection of two or three. Um so I've been kind of getting on your case to go back and finally do a rewatch in preparation for Scream 6. So uh, you've now kind of watched, uh, we did a fun watch along of one, if you want to check that out. And you watched two and three and got a little refresher. So um, yes, I did. Yeah. So how do you feel about those having not seen them in quite a while? Well, yeah, in a very long time. I, I didn't need a refresher on Scream 1. I, I fairly often watch Scream 1. Um, I know Scream 1 well, but don't 
no two and three well and was definitely due a, a rewatch there. Um, I have still got to watch four, um, and probably I'll, I'll end up watching five as well before six. Um, yeah. but I, I certainly don't feel like I need to watch those two as much as I needed to watch two and three again. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely, obviously, knowing more from you now, I kind of get more out of, of Scream 2 and 3, and certainly 3, I think, because people yeah. tend to not like 3. I got a lot of a, a lot of fun, interesting, very weird things out of Scream 3. I mean, it does, yeah. it does what it says on the Tindo Scream 3, because it tells you that it's the end of a, a supposed trilogy, which at that point trilogy, obviously yeah. was, and that mm -hmm. anything's on the table. Like characters yes. in that, you get that video from Randy literally you get explosions. telling you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally telling you anything's fair game at off. the end of yeah. a trilogy. Mm -hmm. All bets are off. You don't know what's going to happen. And I think, I think to to fully embrace the Scream movies, to fully embrace Scream Three, is to realize that anything could happen in that movie. And it would have been fine because these movies don't take themselves seriously. Yeah. Even though they half do. This is the beauty of Scream, is they all they're always able to toe that line perfectly. Yes. Um and I think it it, it did do that. I forgot Roger Corman cameoed. Yeah, Scream talking too, so about uh, violence about in, in in media, which is kind yes. of a fun funny i think purposeful choice there <laughs> yes obviously known for known for uh, a plentiful career that roger corman yes. has had doing all sorts of craziness including some pretty gory nasty movies himself um two i i really enjoyed two as well i mean i i know i enjoyed these movies when i first watched them i just barely barely remembered anything from them yeah. Um, I do think two is a much stronger movie than three. Uh, I yeah, think it's I mean, a more, it's also a more genuine movie. I think that's why people may fall off with three because it does. It's the, I think so it's the silliest of, of it's the silliest yeah, of all it, five because it's the one not written by Kevin Williamson, so it definitely has a different tone. Yeah, and there were a lot of changes because things got leaked. They had to kind of switch things up. Uh, they actually hired Matthew Lillard to come back as Stu because they did have this yeah. whole storyline of Stu um, being in prison and having kind of this cult of followers who would kind of come for Sydney. Um, so people, you know, it's been one of my theories that potentially with all this kind of teasing of Stu that that could potentially be something that happens in this new movie. Um, but you know we'll see but it was definitely if it does it's definitely something related to what the plot of three was going to be um but ultimately they kind of changed it up so it definitely has a way different tone than the other films but still a lot of fun elements there um i oh, think definitely. the idea of roman i think is cool but it always kind of just hurts a little bit that it's like you know it kind of takes something away from billy and Stu in having kind of someone else some random person kind of be the mastermind it, it does, it does, but you've got to look at the, the whole series of movies, the whole series of screen movies is still playing on tropes of those that have come before, and isn't this exactly yeah. what Halloween did? Essentially, in, in yeah. <laughs> making 
Michael, you know, related to Laurie in yeah. that original run of movies that you just don't need. It's way more effective if he's a total nobody. Really just this mindless, yeah, killer. Yeah. So, so um, you yeah, have there are to a lot wish, of fun yeah, things. Yeah. Yes, you have to go with it understanding all that kind of stuff really and i yeah. think maybe at this point people just wanted a serious sequel and i don't think it is a serious sequel i think it's a sequel that takes the 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 satirical nature of scream to the next level really i think it's it's a very very satirical movie more so than one and two that are more genuine slashers yeah um Two, I think, is a really strong movie, though. I really like, you know, Timothy Oliphant in, in Two, actually, who I barely remembered. <laughs> um, but I think he's a really strong ghost face. I had a hard time with As him. As the follow-up ghost face, he's really yes. strong. I mean, I had a hard time with him for a long time. Like, he was kind of always lower on my killer's list just because he's so obvious. Like, he literally disappears in like, yes. the last half of the film. But then if you kind of think about his motive, like, he wants to get caught. So, of course, he's yeah, going to he be obvious. <laughs> exactly. So then when you kind of throw that into the mix, it, it makes you kind of understand, you know, why he was so obvious. Um, and he kind of, you know, um, gets points for me there. So I, I do have a killer's rankings list planned as my last video in my kind of series of Scream videos. So we'll have to see where Mickey lands on that list. And with Scream 2, I, I just love the fact that I, it's kind of the most diverse. Uh, you know, we have two, we have four Black characters that, you know, even though a lot of them don't have, you know, a ton of screen time, they're still fleshed out characters with personalities and some, like, really memorable moments. Uh, so I, I love um, Maureen and Phil at the beginning. Uh, yeah. We get a really kind of fun commentary conversation about Blacks and horror um, and a fun back and forth with them. So they do feel like real characters are not just, you know, there to be killed. They're actually, you know, give them a bit of personality in the little bit of time we have with them. And then Joel, just a, some great comic relief and a, the most intelligent character. Like he's the one who pitched it. He's like, Wes, what if I just leave like halfway through the movie? Like, what if I'm just like this, what's happening here is crazy. I'm going to leave. And Wes was like, well, how would you leave? And he's like in a cab. <laughs> and that's what he did. He actually just left in a taxi cab. But the funny thing with Joel as well is like he comes back at the end and he's like, "Hey, Gail, let's get the scoop." Just like in the old days, I'm like, "Dude, you've literally known this lady for like two days. What are you talking about the old days?" Yes, I, I love Joel, <laughs> and I love Joel. Howie. Joel, the cameraman. And people do always talk about Kenny the cameraman because, oh, you, yeah. you know, dear sweet Kenny the cameraman, you know, sacrificing himself, saving people, um, yeah. ending up getting brutally murdered, obviously. But does he have the entertainment value of Joel the cameraman from Scream 2? I don't think he does. I mean, he's got a little bit, like... <laughs> When the, when Gail is like, Jesus, hurry up. He's like, my name's not Jesus. <laughs> like, you hear these little things Kenny says in the background. It's great. But yes, I love Joel. He, he's he's great comic relief. He's And he's just so smart for getting the hell out of there. Um, 
and Hallie. Hallie is great. You know, we get a new best friend coming in after Tatum. She's yeah. supportive. She's funny. She also was in an original uh, script. She was actually supposed to be one of the killers. So I think that would have been a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Um, and they just did her dirty as well. Just like, you know, we cut to Sydney's face and you hear them add like five or six more stab sound effects as she's getting killed. Um, but yeah, some, so I love too for just kind of the great black characters that are in there um, and just being a little bit more diverse. Um, the uh, Mrs. Loomis twist is great. Laurie Metcalf is just is. having is. so much fun as this character and, you know, just her pure motive, very similar to her son's and, and that, yeah, and that, that really works. You know, that yeah. twist really works. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Laurie Metcalf one. That, just the fact that she was hiding feel... in plain sight the whole movie. Yeah. You know, you don't even think about her. Um, no, she doesn't yeah. cross anybody's mind. And they try to do that with be... Roman, but it didn't play as 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 well. I think. You know, I, I actually think it's because Scott Foley, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it, it gives off just creepy energy. I think that's why he seems to But Laurie Metcalf is just more annoying, so you don't really give her a second glance. Yeah, Laurie Metcalf's just someone for Gail to have an argument with yeah. in that movie. That, but, you know, you don't think she's anything, but then she obviously turns out to be the big something. Yeah. Um, yeah. That twist works, and I think it's where Three's, you know, Screen Three's twists or, or you know, reveals or... Yeah finale or whatever it is um are, are so or, or they feel so over the top they feel so big crazy scale compared to what we've seen in these last two movies that i think people may have originally been off put by them but like I said, when you realise that Screen 3 is actually making fun of third movies in trilogies that do that kind of thing, yeah, it, it makes sense and, and I enjoy it for that. So yeah, I, I had I had fun with re-watching 2 and 3. Um, definitely. Yay. Definitely. So I, I know you're proud of me. Yes, I, I am you're proud, proud of you. Of me now. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I don't know if I can fully announce this because the channel I'm doing this for hasn't announced it yet. So I can just kind of tease. tease. I may be tease. playing. Do not say anything. <laughs> I may be playing someone in some Scream trivia coming up this week. Ooh. So stay tuned for that. I'll promote it on, you know, our socials and on our Patreon and all of that. So, um, yeah, I, uh, uh, somebody who who's kind of who loves scream just as much as me um somebody who's kind of got a, a big name in 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 media uh, i the moment. i know who it is so um i'm not gonna <laughs> yes, say you do know who it is either so um but i am the reigning scream queen trivia person um i think so... any scream trivia you have ever done you have won i assume i have i have so it's like me um, with Harry Potter trivia. So anytime I've entered any sort of semi-official Harry Potter trivia night, I have won it. Yes, because you are a pro. So you know, yeah, Harry Potter is your thing. Scream is definitely my thing. So maybe playing some fun Scream Five, Scream Twenty Twenty Two, uh, Face Off trivia. 
coming up. So that'll be fun. But yeah, so excited. You finally kind of revisited those two films. Um, I think it's going to flesh out your experience. You're going to enjoy the shrine scene a little bit more, I think, because you'll now kind of probably, yes. (laughs) Yes. Have a a recollection of those things um, in that movie. But yes, excited. Scream week. Yes. Watchers only get like three seconds of this shrine now in the end. I know, after all that. Barely. (laughs) It's barely thought of. It's just, oh, look at all this stuff new ghost face has. Yeah. Um, Isn't new ghost face so in tune with what's happened before? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, new ghost face is. Who is it? We don't know. We still don't don't know know. when this is released, but we will soon. Yes. We will soon. And that's very exciting. Uh, Scream 6 is very exciting, but it's not necessarily all we're here to talk about today on Monday Madness. (laughs) Um, because like I said in the intro, we did, I, I did just want to take a little bit of time, as we like to on, on this show, to, to pay our respects to a recently uh, passed on uh, individual in the world of movies. Because um, this weekend, Tom Sizemore, it was announced Tom Sizemore had, had passed yeah. away, only 61. Yeah, I know he had a lot of trouble with, you know... Um alcohol and drug abuse and and things like that so um i know he's had some struggles over the years so um but he he was able to give some great performances um you know growing up for me uh, a movie that is little known that we did you know i i made sure we covered on the channel to kind of shine some light on it um was a movie i grew up with called heart and souls with robert downey jr yeah is being followed by these uh, four kind of ghosts. And one of them is Tom Sizemore. And he was just so lovable and like this cool kind of greaser character. And yeah, um, he's great in that. Yes, he's really great in Heart and Soul. So that was like me growing up seeing him in that movie. You know, I would watch that movie all the time. So he was always a standout to me in that movie. And then just some great performances like, you know, um, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, most most his, well known for, yes, for that one. Saving Private yeah. Ryan and for and for Heat yeah. and for maybe maybe Black Hawk Down yeah. and, and, and things like that. But yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you brought up Heart and Souls. I think he yeah. he was really good in that. And he is, he's one of he's one of the character actor staples of of 90s movies. Yeah, really, I mean really Jamie Lee Curtis. Movies. She did a post about him, you know, she did that cop movie, Blue Steel. Um, and like, he's kind of the criminal. He just, I think his 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 credit is wool cap because he's just wearing like a beanie. Okay. But he's kind of the criminal that like does some stuff at the beginning to kind of set off the whole plot of the movie. So even just that small role, it was nice of her to kind of put a post about him and say, you know, yeah. he's the character that kind of set the story in motion and you know even though it was a small part he he was a professional he did a great job and and, and you know giving him accolades for even kind of the small moments that he he did in film and um you know an actor to take advantage of those kind of small moments and and yes uh, yeah he was great he was great so he was uh, i mean he was um, in really was sad in to point hear break mm-hmm. he was in point so, break yeah. mm-hmm. he was in natural born killers mm-hmm um he was in was it strange days he was in, with angela in bassett. Mm-hmm. Stuff with angela bassett and ray fines um mm-hmm. 
I'm sure he was in what's it called? Scorsese movie. Bring, bringing out the dead. The, the dead, yeah. I'm sure it was in that as well. A staple of character acting yeah. throughout the nineties. As we've said, it's a, it's a sad loss for the movie world. And mm -hmm. yes, go and watch one of his movies. Go and watch one of his either one of his great movies, truly great movies. That yes, watch Heart and Souls. It's very been. sweet. But watch Heart and Souls. <laughs> Is what I would say, yes. Watch Heart and Soul. So, yes, rest in peace, Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Um, and, yes, all, all all the power there. So, yes. there you go. All the power there. That doesn't make sense, does it? But you know what I mean? You know <laughs> yes, what I'm trying yes. to say. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, we did have some casting news as well that I didn't yes. want to talk about. Because Robert Eggers' Nosferatu movie, which naturally I'm dreadfully excited about not only <laughs> yes. because it's an Osferatu movie not only because it's a Robert Eggers movie but it's because they're doing it it's all one it's just one movie it's Robert Eggers and it's Nosferatu and you know Eggers hasn't depending on what you think of the lighthouse is <laughs> of the lighthouse's genre Eggers yeah. hasn't done a horror movie since the witch because really, is The Lighthouse a horror movie? I think it's more of just a trip. You know, okay. it, it, it's not really a I, horror movie. The I North have yet to watch that because I'm kind of like, I'm, I need to watch that with you. <laughs> kind, <laughs> so of. kind of. Like, yeah. But yeah, the, the Northman certainly isn't a horror movie. It's a Viking epic. Yeah. It's got weird elements in there. It's got mysticism in there and magic and some horror elements, sure, but as is the lighthouse nosferatu he's he's redoing nosferatu he's reimagining nosferatu this is due out next year this is due out in 2024 it's added aaron taylor johnson to the oh, cast i don't yes. know who he's playing but i like this casting because aaron taylor johnson is able to completely transform himself to become a little bit weird yeah. And I think that's what Eggers likes in his movies. Look at what Alexander Skarsgård did. Yes. Let's make attractive as people. In the let's make conventionally attractive people weird. And I love it. <laughs> but Skarsgård in The Northman turned into some sort of wolf creature rather yeah. than a human being. You, you know, he, he grunts through that entire movie. Yeah. Um, and... It's Bill Skarsgård playing the Count in, in, in Nosferatu, which oh, yeah. is pretty nailed on casting, really. Oh, yes, yes. It? He's built this very well-made horror legacy, transformative kind of actor-type energy for himself. So, And I know we have got other confirmed casting for this movie, too, as well as... I know Anya Taylor-Joy is is rumoured, I think, still at this point to be in the movie. I mm. don't think that's confirmed. That would be her third, third time, time working with him. Um, he's obviously only made, you know, this would only be his fourth movie. Um, Willem Dafoe, I think, is confirmed oh. uh, for his third time working with Eggers. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who necessarily these people are playing. But I think who is playing Hutter, which is the, the Jonathan Harker character oh, okay. 
of Nosferatu. Okay. I think it's Nicholas Holt. I know Nicholas Holt is confirmed in that movie. Oh, I think it's okay. Nicholas Holt. He's just which, all about vampires. He's all about Dracula at the minute, apparently, yeah. isn't he? Because he's in Redfield. I mean, but I feel bad. But, like, you know, all these people used to kind of say, why didn't they just use Willem Dafoe's face instead of this crazy mask in Spider-Man since he looks like a goblin? He does look so like a goblin, I'm yes. surprised people aren't like, why isn't he just Nosferatu? He was, wasn't he? He was uh, Nosferatu. Yeah. He was Nosferatu in what's it called? Is it called like Shadow of the Vampire or something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Where he plays Max Shrek, who played yeah, Nosferatu, in Nosferatu. 22. Mm-hmm. So he so was. Maybe it's he just was. A, a, so maybe it's just a bit of stunt casting, perhaps? Possibly, but also, is it not just Eggers casting? Because why wouldn't yeah. Defoe work with Eggers? Let for a third work with time? him again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But why also wouldn't Willem Dafoe come back into a Nosferatu movie? <laughs> yeah. A Nosferatu based. The layers. Movie. The layers. <laughs> All the layers. I think Lily Rose Depp's in the movie as well. Oh, okay. Um, so it's got a, it's got an interesting little yeah, cast. It's got a pretty interesting mix. Yeah. I'm curious to see it. I am fascinated by the movie. I I, I like Nosferatu anyway, I really do find a lot an awful lot to appreciate in in murnau's nosferatu um i i think this will be a wonderful reimagining yeah um stylistically i don't know how it's gonna play because you know what eggers movies are like yeah they're ridiculously trippy and very much uh, his unique style and something we rarely see it's very kind of specific to him and um very dreamlike yeah uh, so yeah mm-hmm. it's it's going to be interesting but i like the casting of aaron taylor johnson he fits in that world i can see him fitting in something like that so yes yeah very cool and we also do have a trailer for a movie, <laughs> yes. a horror movie, one of my most anticipated horror movies that I did bring up in what might have been the first episode of Monday Madness we did of 2020. Yeah, I think we did our anticipated movies of the year of 2023. So, um, and I remember actually at that point just having the tagline to go off. Yeah, for this movie. <laughs> I knew nothing about this movie other than the tagline and its title and was sold on that. And I'm even more sold now that this trailer's come out because this is The Blackening. (laughs) Yes. Set to be released, I assume, just in the US in June. God knows when the UK will get this movie. Um, I have no idea. I would hope it's at the same time, but with these kind of things, it we might have to. Is. <laughs> might have to get a VPN or something. Uh. Who, who knows? It's not a streaming movie. It's a theatrical movie. Uh. But it's it just looks like we've spoke about Scream as as obviously yeah. wonderful satirical horror. This this is this is real so comedy horror. <laughs> this is perfect looking comedy horror that is making fun of everything whilst feeling 
And I think this trailer does feel like a genuinely tense movie. But you know full well it's going to be hilarious. There's so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, playing with that whole kind of trope that's been a thing for years that I think, you know, has been somewhat dispelled that, you know, the black dude dies first. Um, but when everybody's black, like, how does how does that play? <laughs> what is this first. game? Who Who is after them? Why are they after them? The dynamic of the friend group is really funny um you know they ha they kind of tease one of the guys because he's married to a white woman um yeah. you know who's the blackest you know how can you what factors kind of uh you know make you the most black you know yeah so just some funny kind of things like that in there really had me cracking up um and you know as it says in my caption black excellence you know so uh it looks like a lot of fun um and it's horror and it's horror comedy so i'm i'm really excited the trailer was really hilarious so um it, it seems like to take it does it seems to take influences from evil dead it seems to take influences from weirdly something like jumanji because there's there's this game yeah that the characters are playing that the game itself is called it's the kind blackening. of causing it's things yeah game, game. yeah yet it also seems to take influence from soul in the fact yeah. that someone on a on a on old screen television kind of, yeah, screen on a crackly yeah. tv screen speaking to you filming something with with a handheld camera yeah um the, filming the torture of someone else with a handheld camera and saying you you know you got to decide what happens here yeah um wearing a mask being creepy um i like its influences yeah and i i feel like i really as long as it doesn't go too silly with the comedy like spoofy yeah not even spoofy. I don't mind if it's spoofy, but I don't want it to come across, for example, like uh, the latest Black Christmas. Was it 2019 that we oh, covered? Mm -hmm. when, did, when did we cover that? It was on a Morgan Hasn't Seen. It was the last Halloween for Morgan Hasn't Seen. Yeah. 2019's Black Christmas that had such good intentions, but such an overzealous... Yeah. Uh, kind of um, message about execution. it execution execution of the message was just way kind of overboard way overboard you know, very heavy-handed yeah i don't want this to be that i don't think it will be that no i mean the comedy we got in the trailer i think was really great really funny really relatable um and so i hope they kind of stick with that tone yeah i want i want it to be to be able I almost want it to be able to offend people <laughs> if it want, and you know, and not try and be too clean. And I don't yeah. think it's going to be. Yeah. I, I I want it to, you know, not grab like, people in the face and yeah, go, mm -hmm. and not be afraid this, to offend people on. a little bit. Yeah. No. Yeah. Isn't the best kind of comedy those that those that that aren't afraid that isn't offensive because of the undertones to it but you know they're they're not necessarily safe i mean we spoke about on last week's main show car wash with richard pryor and george yeah. carlin 
with cameos in that movie. Um, comedians, wonderful comedians who were not in any way offensive, but used such what you would consider offensive language and offensive yes. terms. But the context of it, the undertone of it was was, was never ultimately came never across lost that. that kind of fun of, of, no. of what they were trying to do yeah or never crossed the seriousness of what they were actually trying to say either yeah like they had some messages in there without kind of giving up the comedy and without being heavy-handed and preachy um, yeah yeah it's what i want this movie to do it's what i think this movie is looking like it's going yeah. to do um, I'm very excited. Yeah, it looks lot, like a lot of fun. <laughs> it looks hilarious. I think it's been. I think it's in. It's been released in June, actually, isn't it? It's coinciding with Juneteenth. Yes, because that's why they're kind of having this weekend away. This friend group yes. celebrating Juneteenth. Yeah. Yes. So that makes sense, and yeah. whether it will also be released here in Britain at, at that point, it mm, remains doubtful. to be seen. I think. <laughs> Doubtful, very I'm hoping so. I'm hoping yes. so. I mean, having said that, it's only next week that I'm able to go to the cinema to watch Pearl. So, yes, so ridiculous. Which Look is how long. Ridiculous. Like, it's already out on Blu ray, already on stream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's silly. It is yes. silly. So but there you go. I'm excited for that. I very much am. Um, yes, Janine. I think I think we're going to we're going to deal in a shorter show today. Yes, um, because you know you're in LA. You have fun things to do, <laughs> places to be, and things to see, and yeah. yeah, exciting situations ahead. But let's just get into our let's talk. I think okay, um, which is of course this is here. It is. I would say spoilers ahead, really. Although, yes. how can you really spoil? Well, there's, I suppose, one element, a, a few elements you could spoil, theoretically spoil, but this is one of these movies. I mean, the trailer kind of tells you the trajectory of where the story's going to go. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you kind of know what's going to happen here, don't you? Um, let's get in to our full spoiler review of Creed 3. Now, yes. I would like to open by just saying I'm so thankful for the Creed movies that there's only been three of them since 2015. Yes. Because as soon as the new one comes out, you realize that, like, oh, yeah, Creed movies, they're good. Yeah, they gave us some time to miss it, to want to anticipate it. Um, it wasn't kind of this rushed back-to-back-to-back-to-back kind of release. No. Like, they were very Wise. spread out. They were very spread out. We took time to kind of miss these characters a little bit and then get back into it. So, um, and I was glad I had time to kind of do a Creed little rewatch before going into this movie so I could kind of remember where these characters were. Um, really disappointing to have this whole kind of dispute happening with the character of Rocky and, and the rights to Rocky so that, you know, Stallone very much is kind of not wanting to be a part of that if he doesn't have kind of full ownership of the character and things like that. Um, yeah. But I think, and I hope it's nothing between him and Michael B. Jordan because, you know, I think... I doubt, I doubt it is. I would doubt it is. I think it's more just kind of 
the producers who who own the rights and and this whole kind of dispute. Um, so because, that, know, let's not forget Stallone. Uh, you know, Rocky is entirely Stallone's creation. Stallone wrote exactly. Rocky. Yes. Yes. Um, so I mean, I think working within that boundary of not having Rocky there, I think they were able to still craft a great story. I think, um, you know, even kind of watching two before going into three, they set it up really well that Rocky's kind of living his own life by the end of two, yeah. he's reconciled with his son and yeah. all of that. So, you know, it makes sense. You know, he's kind of with his family and trying to figure things out, a very difficult relationship with his son and working on that. Um, and, you know, they very much set him up as somebody, you know, you know, he's in Philadelphia. That's his home. He's not somebody who's really going to be traveling a lot. He's older now than he was even in the movies that kind of portrayed the past movies that portrayed him as old. Yeah. Um, so, you even know, it all makes... Rocky Balboa portrayed him as old and that was exactly, yeah, 20 right, years ago. Many years before all of this. So I liked kind of having that refresher to remind me that they do set up Rocky really well to make sense that he's kind of dealing with his own things and it would make sense that, you know, um, uh, Adonis is in LA doing kind of his thing and thriving. And it's been years since, you know, he's fought, you know, he's doing this retirement match and then now a couple years have passed since that. Um, so kind of getting to see how Rocky's story closed out into it, it worked for where they went with this story. And I think they really kind of used that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, while I would have loved to see him, I, I think they made it make sense why he wasn't there. So I liked that. They did. And I think there was there was still, there's obviously, there's always going to be enough past um, franchise, past movie series elements in a new movie, a new Creed movie, for you to realise the universe it's in. You know, they yeah. still talk about rocky his name is still mentioned yeah. in the movie and you know, apollo and everything apollo you know, was a all huge part of that still he's a ma you know his influence uh, apollo's influence is still a massive part even though obviously adonis never knew apollo yeah uh, you know he's still a massive part of the mindset of a lot of characters in these movies yeah and obviously and uh Drago comes back into you know yeah. Drago Junior back mm -hmm. in this movie. Drago Jr. <laughs> um, he is he's Drago Junior. That's what he is. Um, who I mean in Creed two, I enjoyed. Look, I enjoyed Creed two. I, I don't think Creed two is anywhere near as strong as as the first movie or this movie. Yeah, I think. Creed 3 is a really, really wonderful movie. I think a lot of it hinges on your central uh, kind of conflict character conflict. It yeah. does, and, and the, the real personal element to that. We'll get into that because it, it's so strong. But it's nice to have, because the Rocky movies have always done this, had previous... I mean, look at what even Apollo did in Rocky 3. Apollo comes, oh, you're my big rival, Rocky, you know, and all this. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll train you now. Let's have a run on the beach and a dance in the sea with each other. <laughs> dance in the sea. Yeah. That's what they do. They I dance know, in the sea with each other. They might as well have held each other's hands and skipped and along the beach together. Primary colored outfits. 
it's it's ridiculous, but yeah. it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, former rivals coming to help train. Yeah, um, so I like Drago kind of coming fight. up and, and you get that back with and that helpful. Junior. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, and I think there was a cut scene even as well that like you know um, Creed goes to his dressing room and they kind of have a moment together. Um, kind of working things out after the fight, but they cut that. So um oh, in, I oh, think there was two, you mean yes. So I think uh-huh. there was an idea to have them kind of make peace with each other. So um getting to kind of see that um in this movie I think was really nice. My yeah. one like I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it looked great. I think it's a great you know job for Michael B. Jordan. You know, he said he was definitely inspired by Ryan Coogler to see someone kind of from the same place as him. Um yeah. someone kind of the same age as him having a vision and really being able to execute things and, and, and be such a brilliant director really inspired him. And you see that, like he definitely puts his own style on it. I love kind of his anime inspiration in terms of how he's going to do the fight scenes. Cause you can watch a million fight scenes in boxing movies and they all kind of have very similar things happening. So to kind of bring this unique kind of style to it, um, yes. and really call out and and uh, you know put shine a light on anime and the great style of that genre and and take that as inspiration because I think a lot of things also do take inspiration from anime but don't really credit it. Um, I, I think it was really it gave us some really cool visuals that you know just to set it apart from so many boxing movies that feel very much kind of similar in terms of their fight scenes. Um, yeah. So and I think, he has a great visual kind of mind. Um, and it was great to see that from his first time. But my one criticism, I think, um, cause I really enjoyed this movie. There were, was very, I was very kind of on the edge of my seat, tense, freaking out. Like what's going to happen? Oh no, I don't like this. Ah. Like even when you kind of know where it's probably going to end up, but this the one is thing, the beauty of yes. Rocky movies, Rocky Creed movies. You that they're still so feel that stress. obvious <laughs> as to what's going to happen. They're so obvious as to how things yeah. are going to end, but they're so great at emotional manipulation. It's, they are yes. perfect at it. It's Every still single so goddamn time, you end but, up with tears in your eyes at the end. Every yes, single every time. Um, but yeah, Apart my one Rocky criticism five. is the fact that like this conflict <laughs> is kind of the crux. Yeah. This conflict is is the crux of the film. It's the big thing. It's the these great kind of titan actors kind of coming at each other and the, the twist of, of Damien's deception and all of that. But it only kind of plays in that pool for a very short time before jumping into the fight. I wish we would have sat with Damien's kind of manipulation and the rivalry and the anger between the two of them. Um, I wish we would have, you know, uh, Creed's on a show and, and Damien's calling in talking shit about him. Like, I wish we would have sat in the buildup of this kind of, uh, tension back and forth for a little bit longer. It just was like, you know, the, the betrayal happens, Damien, you know, reveals who he really is. They kind of have these back and forth and then the fight happens and then we get our training but, and the fight but, happens i just wanted but, more way, damien that isn't damien it's like you, you you saying damien reveals who he is he's like no i'm not well, I mean, damien at all no I'm your i father <laughs> i mean mask. you know what you know it 
I do know what you mean. Yes, <laughs> like, and I like Duke. Duke could tell the whole time that he has this kind of grudge against the world, but you know, I mean, revealing his true kind of motivations yes. to Creed and Creed being blinded by his guilt to really kind of see that because it's pretty obvious, but because he has that guilt he's dealing with, he doesn't allow himself to see it. So I loved all of that. I just wanted to sit with Damien being the antagonist directly to Creed once that all that kind of has revealed his part in, in, in rigging his spot and all of that. I want to sit with that a little bit longer and see these two great actors kind of really build up the anger so that when we went into this final fight, it would have felt even more, um, you know, aggressive, more stakes, more just kind of like, you know, tough and, and you know, more difficult. Um, but I felt like they kind of just rushed past the conflict a little too fast. And then we went into training montage and fight, you know? I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I do think the the very confrontational scenes we do get, although, like you said, they're somewhat limited, you know, the, the phone in when... Yeah, I think we pretty much get the phone in. Show. We get the phone well, in, we get the beach scene, and that's like uh, all we yes. get. And yes, we do, they allude to the fact... Yes, conflict. and we allude to the fact that when he's on the show, the host is kind of saying he's been all through the news saying all these things about you. Tell, and we didn't see any of that. Why not have a see him kind of going around telling the story of their youth, you know, really trying to damage his name, people like not maybe wanting to come to the gym or leaving to side with Damien or things like that, you know, just to really build up, you know, Damien really kind of trying to shit on Creed's legacy on top of antagonizing him on top of you know trying to strip away his good name and all of the, you know i really wish we would have just gotten more of the of this kind of contention between the two of them once damien really kind of shows his true colors fully to creed like i said i don't disagree and what you say i mean we could have had a montage of damien going around you know talking all this whatever on adonis uh, to a bunch of people and that could have taken two minutes of time 90 seconds of time of the movie if it was a montage a well-edited montage and i think you would have felt that much more if we'd had have got something like that and it doesn't need to take so much so much time, time. away yeah mm -hmm. what I, all i would say is that the scenes we do get of the direct confrontation, that beach scene, that phoning scene, I think work really well. I think are still yeah. very, mm -hmm. very effective. Very, very tough for Adonis in particular. Not really for Damien. Damien's the one antagonizing on the you know the whole situation. Yeah. Damien being Jonathan Majors. Um, but I almost feel like the ending of the movie, the how do you how do you word it the, the the reconciliation as it were after your final fight you know how these movies are structured there's a big final fight between adonis and damien at the end yeah. of the movie let's punch each other and you know end up okay with each other yeah in the end because there is that reconciliation at the end there's the you know the the you understand there's the understanding that in the future, in the near future, after this movie is finished and 
potentially in a in a potential Creed four. That I don't think we've got any news or indication of anything like that at all. No, <laughs> but that you know that Damien would be welcome and friendly with yes. the Creed. Oh no, I actually think I did see an interview where he somebody asked him if there's going to be more Creed things, and he said yes. I would assume I can't there say is much about it now. Yeah, so, I, I would yeah. assume there is, but. You know, the ending reconciliation with Damien and the obvious like Yeah, and him taking Damien accountability for friendly. his part in things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I think that would have felt too easy had we gotten more antagonistic behavior within the movie from Damien than we did anyway. I think we got just enough to understand that really Damien's just messed up in his own head because of what's happened anyway. He blames Adonis for everything. And what and, and what this is, by the way, for, for you know those who haven't watched the movie but are watching a spoiler review of the movie, <laughs> um, listening to it, is there was Adonis and Damien, Michael B. Jordan and, and Jonathan Majors grew up in in you know in this world in the world in of the movie group, before yes. before Adonis knew who he was you know before Adonis knew he was Apollo Creed's son and all this business they spent some time in a, a group home like a foster home situation yeah. by the sounds of it and uh, the the leader of the foster home was a incredibly evil man by by all accounts who beat them yes uh, and they get a little bit older. Um, you know, Adonis is is with Mama Creed now, yeah. as, we, as we like to refer to her. Um, and, and but Damien's still his his friend. Mama Creed doesn't like Damien at all. Yes, she feels um, like he's just a bad part of his past, a bad influence. But they still they are still friends and, and they're good boxers. So, you know, they go to these yeah. kind of underground boxing underground matches. And Damien is, is great. Yeah. Damien's a great, great boxer. We see to, yeah. this he kind of outlines, of yeah, he outlines his whole plan of like, you know, he wants to go pro and all of these things. And yeah, um, go to the Olympics. The opening of the movie tells us all this. The opening of the movie is in their childhoods, their teenage yeah. years. Um, and that, it's a really great way, I think, of opening this movie because, like we say, the entire movie, really, the crux of the entire movie, the emotion of the entire movie is built yeah. upon the relationship between the two of them. So, of yeah. course, we open by learning the beginnings of the relationship between the two of them to get where we are for the majority of the movie. Yeah. It's a, so it's a, it's a really great opening, and I've now forgotten what my point was. <laughs> <laughs> entirely forgotten what my point was um well you know i think you know i think it was just kind of not a counter but just another perspective on what i was saying about my criticism of not building up the um not building up the tension enough and you thinking that you know had they done it more it would have been tougher to sell the reconciliation i think correct that's exactly what i was gonna say yes in summary 
in the summer. I think it would have been. I think it would have felt too easy. Like, oh, what? You're, you're okay now? What about all that stuff you were saying about me that we saw half an hour ago in the movie? You know, Damien, we're supposed yes. to be okay now. I would have you loved, would have felt like know. that. I, and I like that. I like that the reconciliation works. And I think it only works because we only saw some of Damien's vitriol against Adonis. But I think, you know, Jonathan Majors is an amazing actor. I think he definitely could have played it where, you know, you see him doing all of this lashing out and you could see him doing it and kind of turning away from a camera and, you know, having a pained face or a tear welling up in his eye or something to sell that like this is call coming from a place of just lashing out of not wanting to take responsibility and pain and you know I wanted to feel that a little bit more than I did and I I know Jonathan Majors is capable of that so selling it more from this kind of cocky place and less from a more like pained place I think I wanted it to feel more like that. And I think I got a little bit of that, but I think I would have, I wanted maybe a little bit more of that to really heighten the, because I was already kind of stressed on this fight, but I think I would have maybe felt even more had we felt this kind of angry regret a little bit more. I just needed a little bit more from all of that. I think that is what makes Damien such a great character though. Because he, you know, he's not just being nasty for the sake of being nasty. You know, he he's got a real he's got real motivation behind him. Yes. To to do what he's doing in this movie, he's been in prison. And they set that up really well. So even though, so then even though I didn't see kind of as much as it of it as I wanted, they sold it enough in the beginning in their story. that you know i felt like i felt that i i felt you know his true motivations and his true kind of feelings i think i just wanted to see it more in the later side of the film yeah but you can also feel that they still would you know be 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 friendly with each other they still kind of once they kind of got this out of their system and and they have and, and face their part in in the whole conflict yeah, I mean, not even at the end of the movie. In, during the build-up of the movie, kind of when you first meet Damien and they go out for that lunch and, and Damien first comes around to the house to meet Tessa Thompson. Hi, Tessa, by the way. That's what my caption is today. <laughs> this is my poor attempt at getting Tessa Thompson's attention, um, as I'm often trying yes. to do. No. Um, but, she, you know, he comes around to the house and meets you know, his family gets invited to Bianca's uh, music uh, event. Yeah. Um, they, you know, he invited to the gym. And yes, Duke, little Duke, as he's referred to, because mm-hmm. he's not big Duke. You know, no, no more big Duke. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah. I, admit, I like Duke. The original Duke. Mm-hmm. I like I like oh, the damn towel. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We like original Duke. We like both Dukes. Yes. Um 
what you feel. Sorry, that's like my the, favorite line delivery. It is so, so extreme. It's so over the top. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Sorry. Rocky Four. Yeah. Um, but you feel that there is semblances of a friendship there, even though it, it, from Damien's point of view, it's kind of all being faked a little bit yeah. not entirely not entirely but he obviously has his selfish motivation yes so I, I just i like that i like that and i like that i can believe that reconciliation at the end but i, I don't disagree with that whole point and i think that's brought a really great conversation about yeah. this movie i did want to mention as well the fighting that you said anime influenced fight scenes in yeah, this movie. Yeah, that kind of final fight when the whole audience Oh my god, this final fight. And this focus on the two of them and the visuals of the bars and all these kinds of, you know, elements kind of coming in and them seeing each other as their teenage selves and, you know, the whole kind of uh um visual cues and and visual interest kind of happening in this final fight, I think was really cool. Now, I'm no I have, I have no knowledge at all of anime, really. You you have. I had no idea this was anime-based at all. But I was blown away by this final fight in yeah. how... I mean, you, you just don't think. You think of, you know, the final fight in the Rocky Creed movies as being structurally always pretty similar to one another. Yes, I mean, back to back, watching two Creed movies back to back, literally the fights go, one person's doing really well, then another person kind of comes in and does a little bit, then another person's doing really well, then somebody's not doing well and you don't know how it's going to go. This fight, I loved that both of them were just like on the same level, hitting each other back and forth, so you really had no idea where it was going to go. Because most of the fights have one person kind of always leading and then your underdog kind of comes in and does damage. This fight had them both toe-to-toe, head-to-head, face-to-face, getting licks and hits in all at the same time. It's because there's no real underdog to this fight. And, yeah. and there usually always is. In a, you think it about is, the... Let's yeah. go through the Rocky movies. In Rocky, obviously Rocky's the underdog. In Rocky 2, yeah. Rocky's still kind of the underdog. <laughs> yeah. Rocky 3, I think, is the exception, and that's where I want to bring my point in. Rocky 4, Rocky's the underdog. Yeah. Rocky 5 doesn't have a fight because it's a weird movie. Rocky Balboa, Rocky's the underdog. He's the underdog. Creed 1, Adonis is the underdog. Creed 2, oh no, Drago Jr. this time. Yeah. Adonis is the underdog underdog. again. Mm -hmm. Their third movies are very, very similar. Because Damien's the closest thing we have to Clubber Lang in terms of they're just toe-to-toe with each other. He's just one's quite mouthy and one's quite quiet. Yeah. There's not much shouting. You don't get much. When you do get Adonis kind of exploding a little bit because he's bottled all these 
feelings. Yeah, I love kind of the bottle these stories up. There's yes, serious emotion there. You, you feel it watching that you you don't want to see Adonis like this because he's never been like this. No, yes, I love that we get a bit of kind of a mental health crisis with him in terms of him just bottling up emotions and not being able to talk about things and kind of hiding past traumas and Bianca just wanting to talk to him about it so she can and she's like literally saying it i just want to talk to you so i can understand you and i can understand what you're going through and he immediately kind of goes to this place kind of reverting back to who he was at the beginning as a child just constantly fighting constantly being angry lashing out um that you know why why do you want to hear this so you can pity me and feel sorry for me and she's like no no Um, you idiot yeah, so I love that, you know, slapping. <laughs> on top of, yes, <laughs> on top of the guilt he feels about Damien, on top of the layers of that, we're also getting kind of the trauma of what he went through and kind of what drove him to attack Leon, the man of the group home, yeah. who attack, you know, that that is kind of the kicking off point between the conflict between him and Damien and what happened in their youth. So I like that added element of not only, you know, does he feel kind of betrayed by Damien, he feels gate, a guilt for kind of maybe creating this version of Damien. Um, yeah, that's, and, that's what my point was going to be. Before, on top of it? kind of the trauma that he's been kind of hiding about what happened to him in that group home. So layers yeah. of kind of emotional trauma really built up. And I like that they took a moment to not just focus on the Damien issue, but kind of his own personal trauma as well. I've just realized when I forgot before, I was just going to tell the story as, uh, as to who Leon was and how Damien ended up in prison because Adonis beat up Leon and then Damien pulled a gun and that's gun why. And yes, and and... Damien got caught with the gun, arrested, and uh, Adonis, Adonis ran, ran, away, away. ran away and was able to get away. And um, Damien wrote letters to him and, and tried to keep contact with him, but he never got them because Marianne, Mama Creed, hid them because she did not want him going back to that life. She didn't trust Damien. Um, not and, nice, and so, Mama Creed. Though. Yeah, so she hid Still Damien's friends. letters from him. So it just seemed like but even, you know, Damien didn't, or Adonis didn't really do anything on his part nope. to even reach out to Damien. No. So he feels a lot of guilt about that as well. Not just the running, but the fact that he kind of just tried to forget him and forget that even happened, forget that part of his life. And then obviously, you know, he was, it was easier for him to do that without having to see any of those letters that, that Damien wrote him. So I like yeah. that that's also kind of a part of his apology by the end of the movie that he's very much like, I'm sorry, I never reached out. I'm sorry. I tried to like act like, you know, I forgot you. Um, and, and that that was kind of part of his guilt as well. So um, they it's, set it's, things it's up a... really well. Great character moments, really great conflict. Like I said, I did want a little bit more from that, or I just wanted it to, to kind of stretch out a little bit longer before the fight really I think the conflict was well done. I just kind of wanted it to be a little bit more stretched out before yeah. kind of the big fight. Um, but well-directed. Great job to Michael B. Jordan. So we haven't talked much about Tessa Thompson in this movie. Um, getting to watch the first two films again, just kind of right before. Uh, I remember kind of this great conflict with her and, and her whole uh, hearing loss issues and and that kind of playing into her own kind of personal fight. Uh, yeah. which kind of was something that really 
bonded her and, and Adonis. So uh, I like that we're still getting to see her honesty and the fact that, you know, uh, she has that really honest moment and even Damien kind of tapping into that. He does. Um, yeah. In terms of kind of like, you know, must be difficult for you to see someone else singing your song and, and trying to relate to her on that level because he's kind of dealing with it. It must be hard seeing Donnie living the life that you could have lived. Yes. So he very much is able to tap into that feeling and kind of make her think about it. But I like that she can kind of deal with it in an honest way. Whereas Donnie really can't face, you know, the things that like really stress him and, and hurt him. She can, you know, and, and she gives that him that insight. She's like, of course, you know, it's hard for me to see other people sing my songs and that I can't perform and all of these things. But I chose to, instead of kind of wallowing in it or closing myself off from those feelings, to focus on the things that I do have. And it's difficult, but I do it. So I like her kind of tapping into her own personal fight and her own personal struggles and being honest with him and making him realize that he needs to kind of be honest about his own emotions as well and using kind of her personal thing and loved getting to see, you know, their daughter being deaf and them, you know, having the sign language and all of that. And, and that being a real kind of incorporated thing into this movie and, um, you know, great deaf representation and, uh, and, uh, you know, because that was yes, because I mean, in in watching Creed two and seeing the fear of them giving her that test and them kind of having these tears once they realized that she was probably going to be deaf, and Rocky telling him, you know, and and you see that again with Donnie in that moment where he doesn't want to think about the worst case scenario of her maybe not being able to hear, and that kind of just being a hard thing for parents that their kid isn't perfect, you know and um, him not wanting to face that. Like the doctors are telling him, you know, there's other tests they can run. She's still young. And Rocky kind of tells him, well, what if not everything is 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 all right? And he's like, I can't think like that. I don't want to think like that. And Rocky kind of just saying to him, if things don't go right, are you still going to love her? Of course, you're still going to love her. So that's all that matters. So, you know, um, I love that kind of seeing that just, you know, she's deaf, they've learned sign language, they're living their life and and happy. And the fact that she kind of has this drive to be a fighter as well. She was really cute and, and loved her relationship with him and, and her kind of sneaking it and hiding it. Like the fact that she wanted to fight and him really, you know, obviously being in support of that and, and them, you know, her in school and dealing with wanting to fight to solve her problems and, um, you know, getting that whole kind of side of their daughter's story playing into this, you know, when you have so much other things going on, I think they worked their family dynamic story in really well with kind of what Bianca's dealing with, what their daughter kind of, um, how she's developing and all of that. Absolutely. I think she's a, a, a wonderful, because obviously we don't, we, we didn't get a child in, in the last yeah. <laughs> movie, did we? We have a child now. Um, and she's like six, seven-ish by the seven-ish, I'd say. You know, by mm -hmm. the looks of it, it's a wonderful relationship. It is a wonderful family dynamic, like you said. Speaking about Bianca, speaking about Tessa Thompson, as you as you said, this is what I like so much about her as a character, and what Tessa Thompson does with Bianca is that she's just 
so very honest about herself. She's very, very aware of her own, not, I was going to say aware of her own mortality then, but I don't mean that. <laughs> yeah. I mean aware of her own situation, aware yeah. of her own disability to a, to an extent, to an extent. Yes. And where it's going to go and, and how far and where it's, it's going go. to go. Yeah. And to have that, to have that dynamic with Adonis, who is a bottler, not in terms of he bottles big chances. I mean, in terms of he bottles things up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he bottles things up. He, he does not express his emotions particularly brilliantly. Yeah. And she always does. She is a, a, an absolute angel for him, really. Especially given the fact Rocky's not in this movie. Because I think this is yeah. what has been the case with Adonis, is that he's had either Rocky telling him truths, Bianca also telling him some truths, but Bianca has taken obviously this far more central role yeah. now as a, as a, getting a, him a, to a face. wife a, a, yeah. of, of some years at this point in yeah. the story to, to be you know, uh, this entirely, and uh, oh my God, she's a wonderful character in her own right, but as far as Adonis, you know, the Adonis's story goes, she is so so valuable to him <laughs> as a yes. human presence that he he could never do without her. He could never do without her because he would, he would go off the rails. He would, he needs... People. that balance of her he needs somebody who's ah. going to be honest with him and yeah yeah but not not just not just people who can be honest with him but who can tell him what he needs to hear because he has no idea what he needs to hear yeah and give him that perspective that he's missing you know yeah, because she's somebody who's going fighting her own fight and so he needs someone you know she can relate to him on that level of how, kind of having this inner battle, you yeah, know, but the, something. The, the battles we have seen her have, and to an extent that's continued in this movie, it's really, I think, bogged down to Damien tapping into a little bit of, you know, as you said, doesn't it hurt to see someone else sing your song? Yeah. And she thinks about it for like two seconds before going, do you know what? N no, not now. It's fine. You know, I made the choice. I, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to be deaf. You know, I don't want to lose my hearing. So yeah. this, this is the choice I made. I'm happy with this choice. And he doesn't exactly turn around and go, yeah, sure, Bianca, you know, that's the choice you made. Great. He's, you know, he's, he's understanding about it. Yeah. There's no confrontation there. It's very, yeah. very genuine and very, very human. And um, he sees, you know, he's trying to see his struggle in somebody else. You know, and it's not that's there. Where, that's his focused mindset is yeah. you must be jealous. You must be seeing someone living out what you should have had. Um, and Which that's kind not of... there. That's his central focus. And so he's trying to maybe validate that by getting her to kind of admit that she feels something similar in that moment, you know? It, yeah. Um, but... 
you know, she is she is wonderful in this movie. Again, yeah. Tessa Tessa Thompson's just doing great things. Um and I I'll just say hi, Tessa again. Um but she <laughs> she's she's great in this movie. That I don't I don't know the girl's name who plays the daughter, but she's really good. She's well. so good. Yeah, I love she's her so kind of watching the fight and hiding it and pretending like she's not. It's um, a very, very cute relationship, yes. like you yeah. say. It, the little it, tea party at the Yes. yes, yes, it brings I like seeing so, the girl dad moments. Yeah, <laughs> it brings so much, just so much heart. It brings so much heart to this, to this movie, and this is something that the Rocky Creed movies have always had. That this movie series has always had is just a phenomenal amount of heart. I mean, Rocky Balboa literally built his entire career over having more heart than the guy who had mm. more power yeah. you know mm -hmm. he, he, that was rocky's whole thing and it carries yeah. on it carries on yeah. into the creed movies um not in the same way but in different ways in influential ways and i th I, I like that about them i love that about this movie as we spoke about before that this final fight is, I think, the closest thing we, we, we get to Rocky versus Clubber Lang that feels so toe-to-toe -to -toe and so yeah, head to head either it. way, rather than the Apollo and, and Drago fights in the Rocky movies that are just very beat Rocky down, beat Rocky down, beat Rocky down. Oh, Rocky comes back. back at, yeah, he comes <laughs> yeah. back. At, yeah, and then he ends up winning. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it does it the the annoying Every manipulation of this yeah. goddamn movie <laughs> to throw the that... few little bars. Yes. The end. The end of Rocky Two. The end of Rocky <laughs> 2 that always makes me cry like a little girl. Yes, I love it. They use the kind of Rocky-themed moments really well, I think. Throughout the Creed movies, I think, in general, they've used those, those kind of signature Rocky I can't score moments. I, I, just want, <laughs> I, I don't think people won't know this. I can't physically watch Rocky 2 because it makes me cry. Oh, now, now so I have to much watch at you. the end of Rocky 2. So we're doing a watch along. <laughs> the emotional <laughs> manipulation of Rocky 2 is unlike anything it is. else. Yeah, it's pretty and strong. it's the music, and it is the music. Yeah. And they threw it into this movie, and I wasn't expecting yeah. them to throw <laughs> it into this movie. And it got me. It got me right at the end of it. And it shouldn't have got me. It was. It, you know what's gonna happen. You know, yes, and the fact, like I was still feeling the tension of this fight, of this back and forth, even of just him learning the truth about things and his mom kind of revealing things to him, and and all of that. I was just very much like, oh my gosh, ah, oh, what's gonna yeah. happen? Oh my gosh, I don't like this. Ah. <laughs> and um. like when Damien, when you knew kind of what Damien did to manipulate to get that title shot. I was yes. like, oh my gosh, the fallout, you know, with 
you know, his guy that he's he's been backing and and his fallout with Duke for, you know, not listening. And like I'm thinking about all of these scenarios of like what is going to happen knowing what Damien did to get this fight. And I'm like stressing about that in that moment. Yeah. And then at the end, I'm stressing about, oh, my gosh, this fight. And they're going head to head and like nobody's kind of gaining any ground. Ah, like I was feeling all of the emotions. I was tense I this whole time. I don't even know whether it's a it's a sports movie thing or whether it is unique to this movie series. I think there's an element to sports movies in general that that have that emotional manipulation. Yeah. Of the final match, the final game, the final fight, whatever. But there is something decidingly unique about the Rocky Creed movies yeah. in the way they use it. A lot of it, I think, does come down to the music and that those themes from the first Rocky, from you know those original Bill Conti themes, yeah, um, that are so beautiful, really, and and so just the 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 soulful almost. They sit within you, yeah, as mm -hmm. pieces of music. To you can listen to the main Rocky theme that we all know, and it will make you want to go for a run. You could never, yes. you, you, you couldn't have ran for, you know, 10 years, but it would make you want to want go to for a something. run down the yes. street. It's so, and then like, even by the end, those kind of score moments are really inspirational and, and They're uh, beautiful. Yeah. It's like a cheer. It's like, you know, you feel oh. that energy of, of the excitement of the wind and everything and the emotion you really do it's 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 so great and i i did just want to give my own little bit on the style of the final fight as well the fact that it is so different mm -hmm. stylistically yeah to every other fight we've ever seen in this movie series because of like you said it's the anime influences i i'm not massively aware of that i just viewed this as such a brilliant way of showing the focus in these two fighters. Yeah, and they're not the, thinking about anything else happening in, out there. It's literally just the two of them. The real... It felt like an expressionist movie. Yeah, the, you know, it, like an it, art piece. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it took you out of this being a movie that is generally, you know, set in the real ish world yeah in the real world of boxing um but it completely took you out of there to this dreamscape this kind of operatic you know dance between adonis and and, and damien where they're bashing each other on on yeah prison cages prison bars yeah and fighting each other as teenagers seeing each other in each other's corner sat down yeah so you know 16 there's nothing it's... in this fight but besides the two of them no. and their kind of pent up pain yeah That's because it's not fight, like you know it's not adonis wanting the belt or anything like that that's not yeah. what this is about this is yeah. kind of yeah it's got to happen to stop him to almost shut him up but shut him up in a yeah. nice way not like shut up and get out it's yeah shut up and let's have a conversation 
Yeah. I mean, she Shut up and, and listen. Like so listen. we can talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. It's a wonderful movie. Yes. For Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut as well. Yeah. Well done, Michael B. Very John. well done. Yeah. I mean, you're a great actor anyway, but more directorial movies from you. Don't become Charles Lawton, you know, and, and just do be a one. great actor who directs one good, one great movie. One yeah. Phenomenal movie, by the yeah. way. Um no, no, you know, no discredit to Michael B. Jordan, but I do think The Night of the Hunter is a far better movie than Creed Three. <laughs> Fair. Um, Fair point. <laughs> Creed Three is a great movie. Yeah, it, it's. A, I really it's enjoyed it. I, I felt all of the things we were meant to feel. Um, loved seeing these characters again. Their evolution felt genuine. Um, loved that he brought really interesting, unique things to the fight scenes, um, and just great performances. Jonathan Majors, you know, Killmonger versus Kang. <laughs> yes, and, yeah, I mean, and the king, another... and the king in there. As well. <laughs> Yes, I'm the king. Tessa Thompson, the king. Of course, she is. <laughs> yes. Um, here's one more. One more little thing is to put uh, what you said, or in to put in relation to what you said before about um, wanting to see more of Damien running his mouth and all this kind of stuff. Recently, Jonathan Majors has been in a major Marvel movie where it just became his movie rather than the actual title character <laughs> yeah. movie, right? Mm -hmm. Would there have been a little bit of concern that that could have just happened again if we'd have focused more on yeah. Damien? That yeah, it, yeah mm -hmm. it wouldn't be a free movie. Dame. It would just be a Dame movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Diamond Dame. It would have been called Diamond Dame. Yes. Which I think is a great name, but I, you know, I like but, but like I said, I think had they just played it to a sensibility of, you know, we see him saying all these things, running his mouth, but then we also get like a quiet moment of him alone, feeling a little bit pained about it, you know, and it coming from yeah. a personal pain as opposed to him really having this vitriol and hate for yeah. Adonis. It's more kind of his own personal struggle. And if we had gotten some just quiet scenes of him alone after kind of running his mouth of him really just, you know, dealing with his own emotions and really seeing where that's stemming from, you know, I would have liked a couple scenes like that, but overall I really felt the conflict. I was really on the edge of my seat, even though you still are pretty sure where it's going to go. You still somehow felt the, the tension in that fight and, and, you know, edge of your seat emotion that you want to feel from um, a movie of this style. So yeah, you really did. Great. You really did. Really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so did I applause for Creed three? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do a rewatch. I'll be honest with you. I didn't do a rewatch of even the Creed movies. Um, okay. So I will have to come back and circle back. Whether I think this is better. It really informed. It really, it really for, informed the flow of this movie, and really kind of yeah. solidified some character things but, in place. And I mean, I remembered yeah, enough. Really, any, I remember just fleshed it out. Anyway. Yeah. 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 But I, I mean in terms of putting this up kind of against Creed One. Yeah. Um for me, I, Creed One is, is perfect. It's it's perfect. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well there, there you go. Yeah. Um yes. Okay. Let's 
end the show as we always like to then Janine with some fun and games yeah uh, a little bit of a different type of fun and games today i think unfortunately for our audio listeners, apologies it yeah. may be perfect but we'll try and still have fun for you um because yes, you are so and you'd and we we appreciate you greatly yeah, of course we do. I mean, when we do when we do our typical games, it takes a lot of time of trying to figure out questions for each other and how we split up kind of the tasks of the games and all of those things just to get a little behind the scenes uh, information about how we do our games. Um, but, you know, since I'm out of town and I have, you know, some things I have to get to today, I thought it would be fun for me to just kind of quiz Morgan on some things. My friend got me this really cool game, the Movie Geek game. She got it from the um, Academy Museum and she knows I'm a movie person. So she saw it and thought I would love it. Um, and it's a picture kind of game. So we have these caricatures of uh, actors from movies and you answer two questions. The first, who is the actor? The second being, what is the movie? So you get a point so each for those. Characters. Yes. Not their characters. So you want to say the actor, but you want to okay. say what movie it's from. Um, and you get a point each for that. And then you kind of get some more deep dive trivia. So you'll get a two-point question relating to, I think, the movie or the actor. And then another question that's like a three-point question. Okay. Yes. So the goal is to get all seven points. Okay. Well, right. uh, let's let's <laughs> let's do a few of these then. So this is this is my turn for a game yes. next week. I will have a game purely for you, Janine. Yes. So I'm just nice. pulling these cards at random. Will... Okay. I'm, all I'm, right. I'm, I'm rather looking well, forward to some fun games. Well. <laughs> well. Conveniently. Uh, conveniently. Oh, <laughs> this conveniently um, would be so. I've got to name the actor. Yes. Right, so this is Sylvester Stallone. Oh, I wonder yes. who this is, audio <laughs> listeners. And what is the title of the film? <laughs> well, really, it could be any, but I assume it's Rocky, as in Rocky One. Yes, that is correct. And not because he wears that in in most movies, he does. But <laughs> it's, it's um, Stallone in the hat and the uh, the leather jacket, and the jacket and, and his yeah. cross necklace, and yes, very much Stallone. Um, okay, now we have two hardcore trivia questions. This one is worth two points. Okay. Which city is Sylvester Stallone's character from? <laughs> this is hardcore trivia. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so if I said Pittsburgh, it wouldn't be correct. No, it's Philadelphia. Not. That is correct. Okay, question two in Hardcore Trivia worth three points to get the full seven points of the card. Okay. Talia Shire, who plays Adrian yes. in the film, is part of what filmmaking dynasty? Ooh. No, ooh. Have I got this wrong or have I got this right? Is she a Coppola? She is seven yes. points for Morgan. All right. I thought I, I hadn't just gone. Wait, she was in The Godfather. I haven't just assumed that. 
she right. was in the Godfather yes. for <laughs> family reasons, and she actually was. So they, she was, yes. Okay. All right. Next card. Next character. Next card. Ooh. 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 Actor. Yes. Can Can you zoom in? Are those earrings? No, they're not earrings. They're just his. Is that by any chance Kevin Costner? It is. Yes. What is the film? Is it Dances with Wolves? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> I like Are... Dances with Wolves. Yeah. It's just Avatar, but it's I do essentially, like it. Yes. <laughs> Hardcore trivia for two points. What does Kevin Costner's okay. character name? Name the curious wolf visiting his camp. Two socks. I think. That is correct. Yes. And question two for three points. Who composed the film's epic soundtrack? Oh, I don't know that. Um, one of them. One of them. Horner or Goldsmith. It's always one of the two. <laughs> Goldsmith. Incorrect. John ah. Barry. John Barry. Okay. Yes, four points here for Morgan. Okay, I do like dances. You were quite impressed, and you two socks. Were <laughs> yes, I was. All That's right, next trivia question. Yes, <laughs> good job. I'm not usually good at them. Oh, <laughs> Kate Winslet. Yes. In Titanic. Very good. All right. She's got the whole necklace on. Yes. Well, she's yes. not wearing the. She's not wearing the. It's obviously art necklace, but it's a good caricature. Actually, it's very. Yes, he's carried this art is really cool. Um. All right. Two points there. Hardcore trivia question for two points. What is the name of the necklace <laughs> playing an important role in the film? The is it the heart? Of incorrect. The sea? Is it not the heart of the sea? What is it? The heart of the ocean. Oh, the heart of the ocean, the ocean, the sea. It's the same yes. thing. Three point question. In his Oscar speech for best director, James Cameron quotes Jack Leonardo DiCaprio's character in the film. What does he say? Well, no doubt he says, I'm the king of the world. Sorry, my, my accent showed then. I said <laughs> doubt instead of doubt. Doubt. Um, that is correct. Does, so, yes, five points. On this card, five points for that one. Okay. Yes, because you got like, three like plus this. the two in the beginning, right? Isn't it a fun game? I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to find a nice, okay. a really, a really fun game for you next week. We'll do three more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that is. Um, well, it might not be because it might be from the animated original, but it, it's yeah, Angelina so. Jolie from Maleficent. As I like yes. to pronounce it. Maleficent. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that is correct. A hardcore trivia question for two points in a Maleficent. <laughs> Maleficent. Maleficent. <laughs> Maleficent. Not say it like that. Is a fictional character who also appears in an animated Disney film from 1959. What is yes. the name of the film? <laughs> well, I thought that was plainly obvious. That would be Sleeping Beauty, as I like to pronounce it. Yes. And the three-point question. The girl who portrays Princess Aurora as a young girl has a special relationship to Angelina Jolie. In what way? 
in the movie, what in the movie Maleficent? I've never seen the movie yes. Maleficent. <laughs> no idea. Um, niece. No, it's actually her and Brad Pitt's daughter, Vivian yeah. Jolie Pitt, who plays okay. young Aurora in Fair Maleficent. Me. I didn't even know Aurora. Four points. Maleficent. I assumed it was just all about Maleficent and how she became Maleficent. Yes, that movie makes me mad because it's very much it makes you sympathize with her too much. No, just no. <laughs> no. Alright. No. Second to last. Okay. <laughs> that... <laughs> Pretty obvious one. I mean, they don't they don't make it difficult, do they? No, they don't. That is Johnny Depp in Edward Scissorhands. Yes. All right. Hardcore trivia question for two points. What filming while filming Edward Scissorhands, Johnny Depp was still committed to a TV series. What is its name? A TV? I, I have no idea. Really? I have, I have, genuinely, I have no idea. No. It had two films based on it. <laughs> uh, I, no, I have no idea. 21 Jump Street. Okay. Yes. You've heard of those films, right? I, I've heard of the films, yes. I did know it was a TV show, but I have no idea. Yeah, that, that was like his big... Did. That was like his big break was doing that show, and he hated it. So, like, the last few seasons... sure it wasn't Time on Elm Street? Well, his big break in, like, doing a TV show where people saw him every week. Okay. And one, one horror movie where he gets sucked into a bed is, like, a great role, but it's not, like, you know... You gotta do more after that. He's known for it. He's known for it. <laughs> He is known for it, but I think he's more known for doing a TV series. But his whole kind of thing, by the end, he was kind of like fed up of the heartthrob kind of moniker oh, that was okay. put on him. And he wanted to be released from his contract. So he would like do things to try to get fired. <laughs> and they wouldn't fire him because he was the most popular character. Uh, on the show. Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Being yes. Jew for people even back then. <laughs> yes. Um, and your three point question How does Edward Scissorhands at first become popular around the community? He, 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 um, he, do, he helps people, he cuts people's hair, and he trims people's hedges. I'll give it to you. It says he cuts, hedge, he cuts hedges and gives haircuts to local dogs. Yeah. He also cuts people's hair. Yes, but he started, like, how did it start? Oh, with the hedges and the dogs and then the people. He also makes ice sculptures. Yes. But only one ice. Only one ice. This sculpture. last one, I pulled out just a bunch, but that one's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> the last one. I want like a. a a more difficult one. one. Okay. For the last I'm gonna have one. to put down my microphone so I can okay. properly look around and use both of my hands. Okay. Do 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 do. This is game show music, by the way, everyone. Do 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 do. Jimmy's caricature game. Somehow picked out Rocky as the first one when we were just talking about him and his movies for half an hour. Um, that was funny. Janine, do we have a uh, a final choice? Don't don't think too hard about it. Don't give me a stupid one. I can see your face. You might not think I can see your face, but I can. <laughs> Okay, well, this was your original last one. <laughs> okay. 
Yes. I don't want very obviously Jennifer Lawrence from Hunger Games. In Hunger Games, yes. Okay. This one. Ooh. I'll be honest with you, it is challenging. Who is that face? That nose. The nose is familiar. Can you give me a is it an old movie or a more recent movie? No. It's a fairly recent movie. Hmm. Oh. What is the genre of the movie? Comedy. Oh. It's not. It's not Melissa McCarthy, is it? Is that your answer? Uh, yes, it is. Yes. Ah. Well, is it her in Bridesmaid? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> Her Oscar-nominated role in Bridesmaids. <laughs> was it Oscar nominated? I believe what? she got it. I I believe oh. she got us best supporting Oscar nomination wow, for fair enough. Shitting in a sink. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yes. Um, okay, hardcore trivia question for two points. In the wedding dress fitting scene, what something wait, what something does not go as expected? And what is the reason? I've never seen Bridesmaids. Are you serious? I don't know. <sighs> the, the the dresses don't fit, I assume. Uh, no. They all get food poisoning. Oh, that's right, yes. yes. That, that's, why, that's why it results in what it results in. <laughs> yes, yeah. with poor Maya Rudolph. Like, I'm shitting in the street. I'm yeah. I'm shitting in the street. <laughs> Yeah, we, we all know enough about bridesmaids. <laughs> yes. In the film, what is the relationship of Melissa McCarthy's character to the bride-to-be? Um, uh, cousin. She's the future sister-in-law. So she is the sister of Maya Rudolph's groom. So Maya Rudolph okay. is the one getting married. Okay. And she's her soon-to-be sister-in-law. Yes. Lovely. All right. No, I like the game, Janine. <laughs> I like that. We'll game. have to bring this back. Yeah, it's a fun one. It is. You did pretty one. good. You did pretty good. I'm, I think. Yeah. I'm, thank you for. I'm not actually terrible when it comes to some things. You know, it's just the usual games we do have on Monday Madness. I'm not the best at. <laughs> but there we go, Janine, for today's yeah. of Monday Madness. It is, of course, not the only show we have on the it's a wonderful podcast feed nor is it the only thing we have on the youtube channel um we do have mon uh, we have monday madness of course we have morgan <laughs> hasn't seen and we have it's a wonderful podcast the main show monday wednesday friday on the it's a wonderful podcast feed on anchor apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast Castbox, amazon music and everywhere else morgan hasn't seen we're talking fighting movies all throughout march Yes. In uh, in honor of the release of Creed 3. Of course, uh, we started last week with Bloodsport. We'll be talking about Southpaw this yeah. week. Jake Gyllenhaal came out the same year as Creed 1, actually. So oh, yeah. There you go. Um, and on the main show, we, well, we were actually going to do a fighting movie in itself on this week's coming main show 
Body and Soul from 1947. Yeah. So with John Garfield. So there we go. Look out for that. We like yeah. to celebrate old movies on the main show. We like to discover new old movies, which will include Body and Soul from 1947 with John Garfield. Um, we we like to show them off. We like to showcase them. We like to also really help proud of other people discover yes. things. Also really proud of our uh, Black seventies film series. We got kind of a bit Absolutely. of love when we were talking about those films, and um, you know on twitter we got a lot of kind of likes and people excited that we were talking these movies so yeah love this show for celebrating these older movies that maybe you haven't heard of uh, yeah. So yeah definitely check it out if you're somebody who wants to maybe delve into the classics there are some great ones and they deserve more love and deserve not to be forgotten and there's even yeah. things in the classics realms that are new to us um that we get many, to discover yes so um yeah check it out it's a wonderful podcast every friday classic films mm, great yes. discussion <laughs> and that black that black uh, movie series ended last week with Car Wash, nineteen seventy. Yeah. But of course, came out the year that Rocky came out as well. So that yes, it's just Rocky filled day. Yeah, Rocky filled day. Um, on this YouTube channel, though, you can subscribe, ding your notification bell here for all the new things we have. All of Janine's screen-based content, Morgan's movie collection, showing off my Blu-rays and taking you through journeys of random trains of thought that I have <laughs> that makes me buy certain Blu-rays. Yeah. And new release Blu-rays and, and these kind of good stuff as well. We showcase them, we give little reviews of them. Um, Morgan's movie collection is will continue and expand, of course it will. We also have reviews here, we have retro trailer reactions that we still do need to start up again. We also have watch-alongs, whole bunch of other stuff on the YouTube channel. Subscribe in the notification bell, like I said. And if you would like to support us on Patreon or donate in any such way, there are links in the description for that we can't do what we do without that generous support we love all our patrons and donators dearly and yeah we can't do what we do without it if you want to join us there join those wonderful people there there are links down there to do that yes. all and all find us on twitter the show at it's a wonderful one you can find me on twitter at the purple dom with a three instead of the e and the because janine Three is the magic number. On Instagram and TikTok at the Purple Don, all your fighting stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can check out our merch store on teespring.com. The link is scrolling by, also in the description, so you can check it out there. Or just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. We have some really cool designs there, logos for all of our shows including some fun Stranger Things designs, so check it out. And if you want to purchase any of my art in print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. Yes, well, there we go. I think it's only fitting because he wasn't in Creed 3 oh, to do no. an impression of Rocky Balboa. Well, I got the, the, got the gold chain. You've got the, you, you, you're actually <laughs> dressed, like if you had the hat on, I know, I need you the would hat. be dressed fairly similarly to Rocky Balboa. <laughs> okay, oh my gosh. <sighs> Three, two, one, Adrian! It's not that bad. <laughs>
Bye. Bye. <laughs>